Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Hit it. And The Zone Sports Network. Cross-court skip pass to Conley. Rotates to O'Neal to shoot. Two on the shot clock. Rudy's open at the rim for a dunk. Nice find by Royce O'Neal. He found him with his eyes, but hadn't controlled the basketball yet and frantically reached down to get the ball and then swung it to Gobert. 45-38, Jeff. Looping out to the wing is Donovan. Catch and shoot three. Got it. He's at over 50% this year on catch and shoot threes. And the Jazz lead it back by 13. Donovan's got 16 and four threes tonight. Common flares it up to Donovan. He catches on the go to the window. Rises with the right hand and packs it. Donovan Mitchell. D'Angelo Russell fires an awkward shot. No good. Rebound Donovan. Long outlet to Ingles. Pascal's trailing and Joe Ingles will dunk with a left hand. Notes to it, but the offense ran away tonight. A nice solid win for Utah as the shot clock is off and this one will finish. Final score, 122 to 108. The Jazz beat the Golden State Warriors in their first appearance at Chase Center. Quinn Snyder and Steve Kerr are pretty good friends. Take a few minutes with each other. All right, Gordon, you heard Locke mention it right there. They beat the Warriors last night, 122-108. to And after watching that game, where really the only thing the Warriors have going for them is D'Angelo Russell. Man, was I mean, he that's, good. He was good, per, uh, I mean, particularly in the first half. But, yeah. I mean, he's, he's it. He is the offensive option on on that team but i i think Kyrie. you know, we had we talked about it last night or uh, excuse me yesterday afternoon he averages 30 points would he get to his average and i said no i'm bending a little bit because Kyrie has more of, at his disposal from a teammate standpoint than than d'angelo does but he's also a more selfish player i was thinking so, i was thinking about Kyrie as i was watching yeah so uh, was D'Angelo i last night and i thought you know what gordon might be right yeah they might be I, a little vulnerable i i thought the same thing and uh they are vulnerable in that regard but we'll see how it turns out tonight Kyrie, however you feel about some of his attitudes and some of the things he said uh, he is one heck of a talent, and so the Jazz will have to deal with that tonight. But last night's game, Jake, Rudy Gobert finally gets utilized the way he envisioned in his mind that he would be. 25 points, 14 rebounds, two blocks. Uh, he was a monster. But the Warriors had no one to contend with him. Well, yeah, I mean... Willie Colley Stein is no. their biggest player, yeah. and then you look from there, and there's basically nobody above right. six seven. I mean, they don't. That was a that was the perfect game for Rudy to really have his best offensive game. Well, you've been saying this all along, Jake, and it is that defenses are are, are uh, opposing Gobert in a different way. And last night the Warriors couldn't because they didn't have anybody to do it. And so Rudy had his way. But this is part of what we were talking about. Teams have a choice to make. You either sag back and try and stop uh, Gobert, or you commit resources to, uh, to take care of the shooters that the Jazz have. And when Mike Conley shoots the ball well, the Jazz are awfully difficult to beat. They're awfully difficult. And they still have a problem with turnovers. And I, I don't know... You know, what was it last night? I guess only 12. But um, they can clean up some things. And when they do, and when Mike Conley plays well, 
they are going to be so difficult. Bogdanovich did not have a great night last night, not what we've come to expect from him. But with Gobert going the way he was and Conley was effective and Donovan Mitchell not overly efficient but still uh, had had himself 23 points, when you have three Jazz players who score in their 20s like you were talking about, how, how many teams are going to beat them? Not many. And now, that, that most defenses are a little better than the Warriors. Well, and uh, Donovan Mitchell uh, said in the postgame, and I think Mike Conley said something similar, that you know Bogdanovich struggled shooting the ball. Imagine when he has a good shooting. Yeah. Uh, and so... It, it's it's starting it's really starting to work but i i want a couple of things golden state's defense is so bad yeah i mean it is uh, not only are they small but they're also slow so that's <laughs> so that's the good news there and and not interested in guarding what <laughs> okay. whatsoever wait so, a minute wait a minute they're slow they're not talented they're small and what was the other one they're not interested right other than that, all systems are go? Well, when you're the worst defensive team in the league, you know, <laughs> probably take some uh, examining as to why, and those, I think, are, are the major reasons right there. But that said, I mean, it's almost like a, this sounds condescending, and maybe I mean it to be, but it's almost like a dress rehearsal, right? Or, or playing against the practice team uh, if you're a, a college football team or whatever. You know, it's, it's set up for you to succeed so you can – see how it's supposed to go right right, right. Yeah, that's and, right and so uh, i don't think the nets are, are a real strong defensive team but we'll see if if that's kind of what they needed and it's been coming around for a minute but what what they needed to really make it click is a, a golden state team that's not interested in in basketball uh <laughs> to to signal into their brains okay this is how it's supposed to work they are so disinterested that they try to get thrown out of games which Draymond, we can get into this maybe a little later. What a selfish move by him. That game was not over when he got thrown out. And all of a sudden that – He was up. right about the call. He Well, I, it was at very least debatable. And you need to be smart enough to go, okay, right, right. well, we're not – I'm going to give them two points right here and the ball, which they also got two points. I mean, that's – He that wanted, he wanted, he wanted out. Yeah. He well, checked out. He said, play. throw me out of here. I don't want to be here. Selfish play. Yep. And, and so not only do you give them four points, but you also take yourself out of the game. And, in a, you know, Draymond wasn't playing great, but look at that Warriors team. They need yeah. anything that they can get. I yeah, thought, and I it's not like a, the game was for much of the game. I mean, it was within 12, 13 points. Right. So, all right, after the Liberty game, Gordon, there was a, uh, I guess a reporter from San Diego is what I can tell online, uh, was asking questions to players and coaches about BYU and being independent. And uh, I thought uh, uh, Kalani Sitaki's response was uh, certainly worthy of interpretation. Should we uh, hear that? I'm curious to get your thoughts. All right. Austin, hit it. Coach, I asked the players this. Um, you played your whole, uh, played and coached most of your career in, in leagues. And you get into November, and you're playing for a league championship. Um, is, is it a different vibe when you're independent, and, and you get in November? I mean, do you miss do you miss that, or or does a night like this against another faith-based school kind of validate the independence thing? I don't know. Do you have a conference for us to go to? Right. I mean, this is what it is. We we, we love our, our our opportunity to play at home and play the game of football, and um, you know, play great teams and the, the teams that are that are give us a challenge and. and uh, 
I think it's a good, it's a good, uh, it's it's kind of it's what it is. It's what we have, you know. And so uh, I love that we have guys that just are ready to compete no matter what and don't have to worry about that stuff. So this is uh, more of an administration question, but I'm telling you, our guys are ready to play regardless of who the opponent is. And and uh, I, I got to do a better job of making sure that, they, that I get the best out of our guys and get the most out of them. And so that's that's what I'm trying to focus on. But yeah, these guys, they're they're, they're competitors. They're, they'll be ready. It doesn't matter who they face. I mean, Chicago. Bears could show up next week and they'll play their, their butts off, so I'm proud of them. Would you prefer to be in the conference? Just you and coach? This is really not a question that really matters right now. I, 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 if you can get me a, a big-time conference, then, then you can formulate one. It seems like you have something planned, so let's go. <laughs> right? So, yeah, I mean, I, that's... You know, we're just we just love representing BYU. We love being able to play this game, and I just want to say that like Liberty had a great that we had a great time playing the game with sportsmanship and class. I thought they did a great job doing that. You know, and it was nice to share the field and, and, and have a word of prayer in the middle of the field with them. I thought that was something really special. And having two teams that are based on and two schools based on on on, uh, on the religious, you know, on, on Christian values and everything, and I thought it was really cool. Good competition, and I think they have a really good coach and a really good. Uh, staff and the fan base as well. So, looking forward to seeing what Liberty can do, and, and really oper- uh, just uh, honored that we can uh, share the field with them. So, okay, uh, my gut reaction to that is one: yes, BYU would prefer to be in a P5 conference. Yes, that's what they would want, ra- rather do. But failing that, they don't want to join a conference that's quote unquote just the Mountain West. That's not what they're interested in. And uh, Kalani talked about these tough schedules and having the opportunity to play a bunch of teams all over the place. Uh, It seems like uh, he's either parroting the party line or else failing a a shot at a P5 conference. That's, That's it. I think he – I mean, that would, there was a lot of spin there, so he obviously doesn't want to talk about this no. in the slightest. It, it certainly was not a ringing endorsement of independence. And this, isn't, this is the downside. This is the bad stretch of independence. So it's, a, it's understandable that he wouldn't be jumping for joy about the whole thing. I, I, I get that. But, it's almost like next year is too much of a good thing. But, the, but the, So it's, it goes back and forth. Either it seems like it's extreme in a lot of cases where you end up playing Idaho State and uh, UMass and Liberty was better than maybe what we thought they were. But uh, Or you end up playing USC, Washington, Tennessee, and Utah. So I was thinking about this, though, today, Gordon. Let's, let's pretend for a moment that um, the first four games are non-conference games and then the rest of BYU's schedule, they played some sort of Mountain West equivalent to what they had left, all right? And I realize Idaho State is worse than anything in the Mountain, Mountain West Conference, but let's pretend for a second that that's San Jose State, right? Or, and UMass is UNLV, inter crappy team in November, right? I got it. You get those, my point being, with the Mountain West Conference schedule. So I, I certainly understand that. But think about this. BYU beat Boise State. BYU beat... Utah State. Uh, let's let's say that if they had more motivation because the conference title is on the line, they get one of those games against the equivalent is South Florida or Toledo, right? They they split those games because they've got a little bit more to play for, just in theory, right? right? Okay. These these games, these last three games, even though they're against well, these last 
two out of three, even though they're against poor teams, let's say San Jose State and UNLV, it's still really interesting because, Gordon, they already knocked off two of the big dogs in the division. Yeah. So that would mean that the San Diego State game at the end of the game, which is going to be played for in Independence, this arbitrary eight-win mark that we deem a good season. Can you imagine if San Diego State game was for the division and, the, and a chance to go to the conference title game? But that's it, would you, make, it would make right now so much more entertaining. But that's you and me talking. Uh, I don't know what the administrators over there, the fellows up on, uh, in Salt Lake, are, are thinking about that. Or what Kalani is saying, what Tom Homo is thinking about that. Obviously, they prefer this model as opposed to going to a, a group of five conference. I get it, but I, I don't... Uh... Do you buy Kalani's uh, spin there that, that his players will get up for anybody? No. That's what he's saying. And maybe that's what he has to say. It is what he has to say. But when you look at that schedule next year, Jake, it is unbelievable. I mean, they couldn't play a schedule like that if they were in a group of five conference. No. But they can still play a schedule that has plenty of interesting opponents and still have a conference championship to play for. Yeah, you and I have have talked about this a lot. And I I think initially I disagreed. and, and I, I think I would continue to disagree if BYU can build its program to the point where it can get 10 wins every year playing these kinds of schedules. Uh, but uh, it's, that's going to be a tough thing to do for them, you know? I mean, next year, how many victories are they going to get? I, I don't know. Maybe they'll surprise us. We'll see how it turns out. But I certainly understand what you're talking about, and I've written that before, that it's nice to have a chase. It's nice to have a championship. Uh, and sometimes you might be the king of nothing, but you're still the king. Wouldn't it have been nice for BYU if that win over Boise State actually meant something? Yeah, it would have added a layer of excitement, I think. Remember when, when BYU beat TCU back in the day? Uh, what year was that? I don't know. They went down fall. there. They went down there and beat them. Yeah. yeah. You remember that year? I mean, and that game really meant something. I mean, that that was a, a critical game toward a conference championship. Yeah. And and I mean, going to the Ute game in uh, in 2008, that game was critical to a conference championship. So maybe your your big games in league are fewer and further between, but they're bigger games. Because there's something on the line. There's that extra layer. And play, you know, imagine you have an eight-game conference schedule. If BYU went 2-2 two and two through their non-conference with the, with the wins over Tennessee and USC, and then instead of the deflating going to Toledo where you're like, oh, a game against a team I've never heard of in a, a state that I barely know where it is on the map, or go to somewhere like Wyoming with something on the line, you'd get a much better performance because they have something to play for. Okay, so let me uh, – I mean, radio is not linear. So I, I said this before, but when you look at next year where BYU plays – again, follow me here – at Utah, Michigan State, at Arizona State, at Minnesota, Utah State, Missouri, Houston, at Boise State, San Diego State, at Stanford. That is beyond a P5 schedule. That's tougher than most P5 schedules. And so what about that? Is that – does that add an element of excitement that would make you uh, change your opinion a little bit? No. But if they're good, 
if they can go up against a schedule like that and have a stellar record, Jake, I think I think Cougar Nation, as it were, would be switched on in a major way. The, the question the, define is define that for me because they're not winning ten games in that schedule. Well, if they yeah, but I'm saying if they did. It's not my problem that BYU hasn't been good enough to do that. That's their problem. But if you listen to, to people like Hans, it's impossible to do that because they don't have the same resources that all those other schools do. Well, there is that because if you're in a P5 conference, then obviously you get some of the benefits that BYU misses out on. But this is what they have decided is the path they want to take. All right. They want to play these kinds of teams. I, I don't know how Kalani feels about that schedule next year. Well, they year. still can't play those kinds of teams. Who's to say? You Not to, that many you, of them. Why do you have to play them all in one year? Who cares? Because BYU is trying to establish itself as important. Do you, and you think winning 10 games with that schedule would, would classify them as important? Yes. Ten games against that schedule? Yes, I do. It doesn't get you into New, New Year's Six. Oh, it might. Uh, I would be shocked. That schedule? Are you kidding me? Uh, they win ten games against these teams? Yeah, but uh, in a system that is looking for every excuse not to include them, they'll look at the two losses and say, well, try again next year. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's a, that's a whole lot of quality football you'd be playing there. And They, they and, made the rules to purposely exclude BYU. But well, that seems a little extreme. They did. I I, I don't know. Look, we we said North Alabama, and what was the other gimme in there? NIU. Northern NIU. And okay, and then you look look at all those other teams. That that's like I said that that eliminates the problem of playing Liberty, UMass, Idaho State uh, in, the, in the back half of the the schedule. Except at least those are wins. But okay, but now you're arguing both sides of it. Well, you get either either it's too good or it's too too hard or it's too easy or too hard. It does, the easy and the hardness don't matter. But it does I want matter. A co- I want to a them. conference race. Well, I I don't agree with well, that. If that if, well, I understand. I understand both sides of it because I've argued both sides of it. But it, this is what if BYU can't be in a P5 conference, they want to play a P5 schedule. They want to play anyone, anywhere, anytime. With nothing on the line. Except for their their, their uh, exposure. Goods. Yeah, I got Their it. exposure and their relevance. And they would think that they were relevant if they could be successful against that kind of slate. We'll have more for you straight ahead here on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.